morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock and I am your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nahum Seagull Network. You know, sometimes I uh, I type into YouTube Wave and Flag and I'm, and I'm looking for this song and sometimes it's literally the first thing that appears and sometimes it gives me problems and I got to go page two. And I think to myself, maybe I could just play a different version. But then I'm like, what if it's a little different? I've got some listeners with some great ears. They'd notice. Can't play something different. So today, instead of uh, five seconds, it took 25 seconds. And I hope you appreciate that effort from me to go and find that waving flag. I actually looked for a uh, acapella version. With it being Sphere and all, but unfortunately, can only come up with this. So I apologize if you are in any way upset at that. But uh, trust me, there will be plenty, plenty of acapella over the next two hours. And I know uh, some people, it's like, like acapella. I don't want to hear acapella. And all I have to say is, I, I mean, personally, I really, really enjoy acapella, and maybe. Maybe um, if I told you that my favorite movie was Pitch Perfect, specifically Pitch Perfect 1, you'd believe me. I really I really do enjoy acapella. And, you know, maybe five years ago, there w- weren't so many great selections for acapella. But today, May 3rd, 2017, there's tons. A.K.A. Pella, The Maccabees, 613, Leif Tahor, Y Studs. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out people. Keep Alive. Are we Goldwag? I mean, I'm just looking at CDs here. There's tons of acapella out there. You would think that with two hours, I, I won't be able to fill it. Uh, trust me, I will. I could do the whole day with acapella on our stream. I mean, there's just so much acapella, acapella. And I'm excited to play it. I'm going to play for you mostly my favorite selections. But this week on the show... Besides for acapella, Tova Knech joins. She has an interview with Eitan Morgenstern. It's actually a little bit of an interesting story. I'm going to let her and Eitan himself share it. But uh, he's an Olaf from Alabama to Jerusalem. And it's a uh, particularly good time to play it as it pertains to, uh, you know, some of the theme of the week, Yom HaZikron, Yom HaTzmaut yesterday. A great jam in the AM yesterday with Nachum and Mayor Weingarten, a Yom themed jam in the AM with some great selections, some Israeli music. But uh, on our show on Bite Size, Tova Connect, Eitan Morgenstern, that'll be at about 9.30 a.m. or so Eastern, so be sure to check that out. I'll probably rejoin the program sometime later afterwards. I don't know. Maybe I want to talk. Maybe I don't. I'll figure it out. But uh, I know I know everyone, you know, I have a lot of listeners emailing me saying, Yoni, I, you spoke, you told us your softball season opener, a double header was last week, and we, <laughs> we really want to know what happened. So uh, I have some good news and not so good news. The, uh, the not so good news is that we lost. Not once, but twice. We lost both games. The good news, if you want to spin it some way, is that there's there's some potential. Now, the first game, I think we lost 11-1. to 1. 
I started the game as pitcher, as I told you. Gave up 10 runs in the first. I can somewhat proudly say not all of them were, and trust me. Unfortunately, we have some players on the team. This isn't to knock anyone, we just have some players on the team that haven't played baseball or softball since high school or their year in Israel. So it, it takes some time to get rid of the uh, the rust. You see, when I was uh, when I was home for Pesach, I said, I'm going to try to prepare as best as I can for the team. I'm going to go to the batting cages. And I did, and, and, it, and it showed. I uh, only had four at-bats in the two games, was on base twice, had the hardest hit ball of the day on our team. Unfortunately, that one, of course, wasn't out, but... Um, as far as pitching goes, I was dead by like the third inning. And that makes sense. Not used to it, but I'm not a part pitcher. You know, I was kind of just lobbing them up over. There was one play which I thought was very interesting, though. Uh, the umpire, who, uh, you know, I don't really know outside of the game. Some random guy living in New York City. Uh, he recognized me from last year's softball, and we had a good time. I was playing catcher at the time, so you have to have good shtick with these guys. And it's all smiles. It's only a game, so you're never going to get actually mad at the umpire. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's a game. It's Central Park, it's it's Sunday, it's it's early in the morning, but I think there was there was either one out or two outs, and there was a, a grounder that kind of went past me as the pitcher, and I threw my glove at it. I I tried to stop it. I didn't I didn't touch the ball, and the umpire we made we ended up fielded it cleanly at third, threw him out at first, and the umpire called safe, and we're like, what's going on? He was out. He said I I didn't like that I threw the glove at it. I said. And, and I'm not a guy that really gets mad. I'm, I really am not. I was like, excuse me, but he he's out. He's like, I know, but you threw your glove and I didn't like that. I said, and 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 at this point, I wasn't even arguing with the umpire. It was just kind of me in my head and to my teammates. I was like, I totally understand you being not happy with it. Give me a warning. Throw me out of the game. That That's all within your right. You're allowed to do that. But to call him out when he's safe, there's that's just changing a rule. First, it's making up a rule because there is actually no such rule as you're not allowed to throw a glove. Correction, you there is a rule. You're not allowed to throw a glove and hit the ball. If you do hit the ball, the guy's awarded three bases, basically giving it a run. But if you don't touch the ball, no. No such rule as that. And, he, and, and I was so upset after that. I mean, I went over to him after the inning. I, I said, I, I said, I actually, this is what I said. I said, I apologize. Um. I, I, I just apologize. I said that you're right. No place in this game. And I apologize. And I walked away. And But when I was in the dugout, I, I made sure my teammates knew. And they were upset at me. And I said, listen, that was dumb. 100% dumb. Totally on me. But that's just not a rule. I mean, well, whatever. The game was fun. Had a good time. The weather, a little chilly, but otherwise uh, playable somehow. I think it was like late 50s, the weather. I got a little red. I got to get my sunscreen game strong. I'm a little whiter than the average person. So when the sun is out, it's not good for the skin. And I and I do try to take care because, unfortunately, things can happen if you don't take care of your skin. So got to get that sunscreen ready. But but my team, we will be ready. Back at it again. So I didn't pitch, by the way, the second game. Uh, we lost like 13-1 to 1 this time. But we had a good time as a team. That's what's important. We had a good time. The Chevra, we're back. Had a great time. I remember it was ten nothing. I think in the fourth inning, and the rule is if you don't score a run, if it's ten, you know, if, it's, if the other team has a ten run lead after four innings, it's mercy. And it's the bottom of the fourth, and uh, we had a sacrifice fly 
in our uh, our shortstop at your pinch shot slid into home plate safe, and we were all so pumped. It was like as if we hit like a walk off homer. It was crazy. It was it was a good time, but lost the second game, thirteen to one. Fielding's it, it's literally all the first inning. Ten runs in the first inning of the first game. Nine runs in the first inning of the second game. Just dumb plays, you know. You just got to get back into the swings of things. Excuse my pun, but uh, again, back at it again. Sunday, eight a.m. Hope to see y'all there if you'd like. Um, but that is my softball update. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I know people don't want to hear Houston sports update in general, so just a quick one. Rockets destroyed the Spurs. Not exactly. It's interesting because they're not the favorite in terms of they're the three, the other teams are two, but there are a lot of people in the national media that picked Houston to win. Um, I am not a part of the official national media, but I do as well pick Houston to win in six. That was before game one and remains today. I do think Houston will pull it away. I think they're just a better matchup for San Antonio. San Antonio just played Memphis, a slower physical team. Houston's just going to outrun you and outshoot you. And and San Antonio does have older players. They have a great system, and Popovich is a great coach. And I know after game one, I know tonight he will adjust, but I think it might be too much. Between Harden, who is a, in his own right, a great player, an MVP candidate, probably, I mean, should be the MVP. That's neither here nor there. But um, the shooters, great bench. Houston, my team, will be just fine. But let's go back to bite size. I mean, we're here. I don't want to talk sports. That's the correction. I do want to talk sports, but y'all want to hear some fantastic music. Y'all want to hear from Tova Connect again. That'll be 9.30. I usually start off every Wednesday with Ma'apecha, Shel Simcha, but here's the problem. I looked everywhere for an acapella version. Could not find. If anyone could does know of anyone, just just email me, yoni so I so I want to play it. But just imagine for a second that we just heard Simcha. So let's say we, we had our normal Simcha, and that's over. But now, so the second song, remember, we just played Simcha. So the second song coming in, we're going to play a little uh, to remind us, Yom Atzma'ut, Yom Azikaron, Home by the Maccabees. You'll hear the Maccabees a lot. You'll hear 613, the y You'll hear plenty of that. An acapella version, an acapella themed bite size on a Wednesday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Been a lot of places I've been all around the world Seen a lot of faces Never know where I was On the horizon Ooh, well I know, I know, I know, I know So I'll be rising Back home No, we won't Forget where we came from The city won't change us We beat to the same drum No, we won't forget where we came from The city won't change us We beat to the same drum Don't forget where you belong You say that it's hard standing still. 
to apologize for the previous 24 seconds.
Shame of Osai Avraham 
Vigigula 
the Y studs, Hashem Melech, a favorite of mine during the year, and even more during Sphira, because I got to listen to it a lot more because I can't really listen to much of anything else. So, a cappella, and the Y studs came through with that selection. And now it's 9.30 or so, so it's time to play Tova Kanach's interview with Eitan Morgenstern. Here it is on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in Yerushalayim with Eitan Morgenstern, an active and vocal advocate for strengthening community in Jerusalem, specifically the Armona Nitzib area. You're doing... Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're doing so much inspirational and positive work for Israel. Uh, but before we get into that, can you uh, tell the audience a little bit about you, your background story? Sure. Um, I'm originally from the U.S. I lived in a few different places, Alabama, Nebraska, and New Jersey. Okay. Um, I went. My last sort of stop there was uh, college at Rutgers University for about four years there. I was very involved with Hillel on campus. That's how I got really into like Jewish life and activism and you know pro-Israel activism. Um, I mean, Aliyah about eight years ago. I spent time in yeshiva. I went to the army for about two and a half years. Um, since then, I worked at a lot of different um, positions, sort of working with uh, you know. People coming from out from America to Israel for uh, short-term uh, groups, long-term groups, that kind of thing. Do some tour guiding, um, and now uh, I work mostly mostly public relations. But um, I'm focused a lot on my spare time uh, in strengthening our Monetziv, which is Southeast Jerusalem. Wow. Okay. So uh, just back up a little bit. Sure. Did, was it always a dream to join the army? Um, I, my mom's Israeli, uh, so I had a strong connection to Israel my whole life. I, uh, I have family here. Um, and for me, the IDF was always like this amazing, you know, sort of thing to, to uh, look up to. And, and as I got older, I started realizing I was thinking of doing it myself. Uh-huh. Um, and when I got to college, I started taking trips to Israel, not with family, but through organized trips um, to get a better understanding of what life is here. Uh, and meeting people on campus who came from Israel, who had been in Israel, I realized that I wanted to join the army for sure. What part of the army were you in? I was in Givati, which is infantry. Uh-huh. And you still go... Yeah, yeah. I just got back uh, about two, three weeks ago. I was there for a month. Wow. Um, so reserve duty on the Egyptian border. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a fun. It's not not easy, but it's a fun experience uh, to you know get back with your friends and and, uh, and serve the country. So you have a family. Yes. So we'll talk about them in a second, but it must be difficult to leave them for yeah. a month. It's definitely harder for them uh, than for me. My wife really. Uh, you know, holds everything together, taking care of three kids. We have three kids under the age of four. Um, wow. So she's yeah. doing the, the harder work uh, for sure. Um, but, you know, I see it really as, as a schut to be able to uh, be part of the Jewish army. So it's, uh, it's uh, even the difficult part, parts, it's, it's fun. Yeah. You could act like a teenager still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're living in Armon and Netiv. Yeah. What brought your family to Yerushalayim specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, and as opposed to anywhere else. So my wife's from Monanatsiv originally. Oh, okay. um, I truthfully, I'm the kind of person who wanted to live in like a small yeshuv somewhere, okay. more like open field and that kind of thing. It's my I like nature a lot. Yeah. Um, but when I heard they were building or starting a Garin Torani, which we can discuss, basically a group of families to try to strengthen the neighborhood, uh-huh. uh, it got me interested. Uh, I met with people who were founding it. Who one of them was a friend of my wife's, and and I realized that this is something we want to you know do it sort of. Um, and I wanted for a long time to go back to America for Yushlichut, to do some sort of like uh, um, emissary work. Um, and it hasn't worked out yet, but here I found an opportunity here in Jerusalem and Israel to, you know, do something to strengthen the Jewish people here. So why, do, for everyone listening, why does Amor Nitziv area need strengthening? Right. What, a bit, what 
about it meets so happening. So Arunatsi is, is a neighborhood, it's actually three neighborhoods, sort of one in you know, one large neighborhood, but it's in southeast Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a neighborhood that was, uh, almost all of it was built uh, after the Six-Day War when Jerusalem was unified. Most of it uh, is in the sort of uh, neutral zone or over the green line. Um, so it's areas that were not under Israeli control until 67. Okay. Um, so right across the street from where we live are, uh, is what was called, or what's called East Jerusalem. I mean, there are Arab villages, Jabal Mukaber, Umlison, Umtuba, Tzubacher, four different Arab villages around us. Uh-huh. Um, some of them have, you know, sent out uh, quite a few of the terrorists that have done some awful terror attacks. Um, Jabal Mukaber is sort of infamous. The, uh, the Merkaz Arab attack eight years ago, or nine years ago it came from there. Uh, the attack recently of the, the soldiers soldier being run over on, on the on the tail that was there. From there, a lot of uh, terror attacks have come from that village. So it's a place that's, um, you know, considered unsafe uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh-huh. And because it's right across the street, basically, um, it's even nothing is happening, it's sort of a threat to the community living there. Okay. So people who can move other places a lot of times will. They move somewhere they can afford a nicer place, a little more uh, upscale, whatever it may be. And people who are left there are usually the weaker parts of society. We're talking about the elderly, um, Olim from the former Soviet Union, uh, a lot of single-parent homes as well. Uh-huh. Um, and they're not living there for ideological purposes. I mean, if you go to um, you know, some sort of uh, Jewish community like Harazetim, which is like amazing that they're building up the land from there, those people who all move there for ideological purposes. They understand why they're living in a more dangerous area. They have a very specific purpose. Right. Most people living in our part of the neighborhood um, are there because that's just where they could afford where they to, ended up. to? Yeah, where they ended up. Yeah. Um, so when you know a terror attack happens, like the '78 bus attack happened a year and a half ago, right. they weren't um, sort of galvanized the community so much to respond and deal with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so it's a really a significant threat that what's going to happen in there, what happened in French Hill, which is where the Arab villages sort of sort of began taking over uh, the neighborhood in French Hill, could happen here as well, uh-huh. uh, where you're losing a Jewish neighborhood. Basically, so we're trying first of all to put brakes on that, meaning um, stop where things are, make sure we strengthen what already exists. There are other people who are working to, you know, build new communities elsewhere. We're saying what's already there, we need to make sure it stays strong. Yerushalayim, it's a town in Yerushalayim. Right. Exactly. Wow. So, how did you? Why did you think this was your responsibility? Um, or why did you take this upon yourself? Well, it just, um, for me, it sort of combined a lot of different things that I think uh, are important. Um, first of all, building up the land of Israel uh, is also an aspect, of course, of strengthening Torah. Um, it's yeah. a Gerin Torah needs, so we're, we're, everything we do is um, motivated by um, Torah, Eretz uh, Yisrael, Torah Torah of Cook. So we, we believe in strengthening the Jewish people, not just in, in territorial sense, but also in a community sense, in a Torah sense. Um, it's just a group of families. We're six families is all. Um, in an area with probably 4,000 other um, Jewish families in our area, um, but we're trying to make an impact from, you know, starting out small, but other Garinim around the country, yeah. uh, they're probably close to 100. Uh, some of them are very big, in Lod and Ramle and Beresheva are some of the famous ones where, you know, they have hundreds of families uh-huh. and they do significant things to impact the community. For example, in Kirat Gat, which is also a city in the south, um, the, the Garin there focused on the family unit. So they did a lot of classes, for um, for couples, um, for you know how to raise children properly, all that kind of thing, to sort of strengthen the family unit, yeah. and they saw over time that um, the divorce rate went down there. I mean, it was it was very clear that over the years they were functioning there, they were having an impact in the community. So we're trying to do the same thing in our area, which is find ways we can strengthen the community. Um, so it just felt like the right thing for us. So how many years uh, have 
these six couples been living in this area? Uh, we've been living there uh, close to three years. Uh, it, we're just sort of starting out as a truth. It takes time to build this kind of thing, you know. Family, new families don't just move right, all of a sudden. Of yeah. um, so we've done, uh, I think, a lot of things that have um, made an impact, especially for our size. But we definitely believe we can do a lot more with more families and more support. What does the what do you hope this community provides? What type of um, Torah, Limud, schools? Yeah. Um, so for now, what we do already, we have definitely on Shabbat a lot of Limud. We do several shirim that are on people in the Garin. Um, we also, uh, want to have, uh, more, we've done a few classes focused on like family workshops. Like I mentioned, kind of, kind of like in Kirat Gat, we're also doing them where we are. Um, and we've done some stuff for youth. We've done, uh, you know, our part of the neighborhood, a lot of times is not, um, does not really get uh, a lot of services from the city. So for example, you might have a Matanasa community center in our Mononatsiv mm -hmm. do an event for kids to start off the year, but that's pretty far away, actually, the other side of the community, which is pretty far away. So we did our own sort of event to start off the year for kids to come out with, like, these big blow-up things and, like, moon bounce and so on. So they have, like, they feel like in their part of the neighborhood, things are happening. So they feel like it's positive things going on. So there is, you know, like, like I mentioned, Torah learning and so on, but it's the truth is it starts at the end of the day with, like, Derek Eretz, so like, just building up, like, a positive community. And just within these six couples. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And hopefully to keep growing. Yeah. So within these couples, have there been any... Um, major accomplishments or smachot happy occasions uh, uh since you've... we've had a lot of kids relatively speaking uh i think when we first started out we had uh probably about in total like maybe five or six kids we have probably 10 or 11 kids between the families so wow. it's, it's growing quite a bit uh we've tripled in size as far as number of kids we have we came with one kid now we have three uh, so that's exciting yeah um and uh, I, and part of it, you know, um, most of us came. You're renting apartments there, and that's sort of when you're renting, it's you're not there 100 percent necessarily. You can always one year move, right, one year transitional you know. almost. Yeah. So uh, I and I decided we're staying here for, for good, at least for a long time. So we bought an apartment, and for us, it's saying, and it's right in the neighborhood. We're going to stay here, and we're going to build it up roots. and make it make yeah. it work. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So what are you doing? I know that you travel. Um, you were traveling in America. Yeah. What was the purpose of the... Yeah, so that was my first time ever traveling for this. Um, we just, we realized that, you know, we felt we were doing good things, but not, no one really knew about it. Um, so I sort of did a, a, tra a trip, you know, I guess a return to my roots. I went to New Jersey where I'd been last four years with my Aliyah. You were in my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I was in uh, Teaneck and Highland Park and, and New York. Um, and, and a lot of people that I knew from, from, from then when I was at Rutgers, uh, from the communities there, um, you know, were interested in what was going on, and they helped me meet people, and, and black people heard what we were doing, and understood that, like, something was happening, because um, you always hear, and it's good that you hear about, you know, the Jewish settlement in the old city in the Muslim quarter, or you hear about right. um, Haraz 18, and these are all very important things. Um, I think our mission is, is not on the radar nearly as much, because um, those are saying we're taking back, like we said before, you know, land that was Jewish and making it Jewish again, whereas we're saying we already have this. Right. We have to strengthen it. Which is not always um, to make sure we don't lose it. Yeah, it's not always yeah. as cool of a mission, I guess. But uh, we believe it's it's critical to make sure that you know, for our end goal is you know, building up the land of Israel. You ha you have to definitely keep what's there uh, strong. Wow. So the point of the trip to America was a fundraising trip. It was fundraising and raising awareness. Yeah, I want people to know about what we're doing. 
Uh, and ultimately, you know, uh, good intentions are great, and we do what we can, but you definitely need uh, funds to be able to do uh, a lot of the bigger things we, we have uh, we, we dreamed of doing. So how can people that are listening now find out more about... Uh, so th- they can go to our website, which is garinoz.org, G-A-R-I-N-O-Z.org. I'll link it, yeah. Um, and it has all the information about what we do, with some blog posts, pictures, um, and if you want to donate to us, you know, it's all 5123 deductible. Okay. Um, so we are a partner organization that helps us out with that, so... Um, it's all organized and, and easy to do, um, and we can on through our website. You can click through and get the information and everything. Um, and we're always looking at people also when they come to you know people coming from America to Israel and they want to see something different than the usual stuff they see. You know we'd like them to, you know invite anybody to come over and see what the neighborhood's about, what the challenges are, what's being done. Um, when I was when I was like a little younger, I would always say like I wish I was born like 60 years before because I'd be part of the pioneers building up the land of Israel. It's so cool. But you are. And 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 I feel like we we're doing it a different way. Like it's not now. It's not about planting trees so much and and you know building, um, you know new yeshuvimil negev. Maybe it is also. Um, but here it's about you know change. You know maybe the more difficult part. I think in some ways, taking what's there and making it better. Right. So do your kids, as young as they are, do they realize that they're part of? Like Jewish history? Um, I don't think they know that yet. I know is, is, my daughter, my daughter Anna is only three and a half years old. She's not there That's yet. Okay. Yeah, uh, we have two twin boys also that are one in a few months. I think uh, 15, 16 months. Um, so they're not aware of it yet. Okay. But um, the truth is, it's been discussed in the past. You know, some people say have a theory that if you're a religious family, you should live somewhere it's you know all around is religious, so you can make sure that you're giving them proper values and so on. Yeah. Um, and I've heard, I also believe that um, kids will um, look to look to their parents as an example. So if your parent, if you're if you're there doing what you believe, and you're doing something to strike the Jewish people, they're going to follow your example. And, and even if there are things around you that aren't necessarily um, the kind of things you want your kids exposed to, um, you know, in an ideal situation, they're going to say, okay, I, I, I'll un- they'll grow up understanding that. You know, it's kind of like Chabad in some ways, yeah. right? Chabad goes to these crazy places sure, that are not like the most the ideal place for a Jewish family to be, but they're saying we're going to take something and, and, and improve it um, and, and create Jewish life here. So um, they don't know it yet, I think, but they will. And I think they're going to be excited about when they understand it. Wow. So for everyone that's living back in the States or Chutz right. uh, that can't move here now, hopefully will eventually, right. do you have a message for them, specifically as an Ola that moved right. from Alabama to... <laughs> Uh, to Israel, and you're making it work, but um, but more specifically, someone that's really trying to have an impact on Jewish life in Israel. Um, a friend of mine a while back uh, was working for uh, for APAC for a while, and he was doing amazing work there. And he made Aliyah. And one day I saw him, and I said, you know, why did you make Aliyah? And he said, uh, in America I was telling the story, but here I'm living the story. Uh-huh. So um, it's a real challenge to make Aliyah. It's got a lot of amazing gifts, and, and I think it changes your life. And I feel all the time like I'm doing something with my life. No matter what I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing something big. Um, but, uh, you know, it's never too late, first of all, to make Aliyah. Yeah. And second of all, I think that um, and there's so many ways for people outside of Israel, until they're able to make Aliyah, um, to have an impact here. Coming here, obviously, is the most important thing, being a part of life in some way here in Israel. Obviously, supporting causes you believe in, from you know friends of the IDF to Yeshivot to hopefully Garinos also. <laughs> yeah. um, those are important things to you know have sort of your hand involved with it as well. Um, and yeah, just keep coming back to visit. You know, realize this is your home and that's temporary. Even if it's temporary for you know 15 years, it's still temporary. And eventually, hopefully, everyone's going to come back here. Wonderful. I always end up my interviews asking, "What's your Israel happy place?" Mm. 
So <laughs> you've been all over, I guess, all yeah. over Israel. Is there a place that you could think of uh, that you could call your Israel happy place? Like a geographic place we're talking about? A geographic. It could be a feeling. It could be... Oh, man. Um... I'll go to geographic actually because now we're getting to like Pesach time. It's a good time for traveling. Um, okay. I love uh, the mountains in Eilat. I love them. It's a place I think a lot of time people miss. They kind of say there's Golan for the mountains. There's yeah. Eilat. There's the city and the beach and so on. Before you get to Eilat, you see I think some of the most beautiful mountains you will ever see anywhere. Like uh, by Timna? Or... Uh, Timna and, and South. That's the area. Ah, it's like okay. unbelievable, I think. Uh, it's not the easiest territory to be, uh, to be traveling in always, but uh, I love that. It just... You know, I, when I was in Givati, Givati's trains in the desert. Mm -hmm. So, and most of my service in the army, I was in the desert. So I sort of became, became fell in love with the desert. And, and that's like the ideal place, I think, in Israel for me. Amazing. Eitan, thanks so much for sitting down with me and uh, continued success. Thank you. And uh, looking forward to hearing amazing uh, things and smachot out of your community. Thank you very much. Back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Tova. And thank you, Eitan. That's Eitan Morgenstern. Um, I was going to say I could somewhat relate to him just from the fact that he's from Alabama. That's really the only somewhat relationship, I guess you could say, that I would have in relation with him. But but I was I was going to go with something like Alabama, Texas. I mean, other than being from the South, that's, that's about it. Can't relate anything else. I mean, hopefully one day I can as he made Aliyah from Alabama to Jerusalem. And uh, I thought it was it was... A well-timed interview by Tova with Yom Atzma'ut just yesterday. Yom Yerushalayim coming up in a few weeks. So uh, thank you, Eitan. And again, thank you, Tova. Tova in Israel. Check her out on Facebook. Tova in Israel or Tova in Israel.com. I mean, now is probably the best time to go follow her. Such cool videos from Yom Atzma'ut. I know she'll be ready for Yom Yerushalayim. You don't want to miss it out. Again, Tova in Israel.com or Tova in Israel on Facebook. More coming up on Bite Size. We got plenty of acapella, I told you. And how about this one? Vili Rushalayim. Again. You see what I did there? Vili Rushalayim after Eitan's interview with Tova. Vili Rushalayim off of A Kumsitz in the Rain 3 Jr., an album featuring the songs of A.B. Rottenberg. More coming up on Bite Size. Thank you for tuning in to the Nachum Siegel Network.
How could you eat those latkes? It was the summer I was hanging with my maidle Eating gelt and spinning up some dreidel Try to win but I was not so nimble I got the nuns and she got all the gimbals It was my old sewer that I was hearing As my coins continued disappearing Suddenly my nose starts to twitching From the aroma coming from the kitchen So we're playing this game just like I told ya By the light of the Hanukkah menorah We had to finish the rounds I couldn't wait though I knew my mom was frying a potato They were like this fresh and delicious My girl got up and I got suspicious She said relax now don't be a hater I'm just gonna help her put away the grater In the night we lit the lights like Maccabees of days of old But I can't believe my girl has gone and stole All my Hanukkah latkes How could you eat those latkes? Excuse me if I'm learning this too fast I get so excited thinking now you got that on the last The candles dancing down burning low, low, low It's a kind of good tradition that is never getting old Oh, oh, oh It's not a fire hazard just to help you to explode Oh, oh, oh Like the lights left to right, it's too funny Baby, I like it Who gave Devon Torah at NCSY? I spun a drill like a thousand times, and I got some guilt so good. Now I'm flying high with all my friends at the Shabbat tone. Singers, we are so loud, everyone knows that it's on. Wish I could do this every day. And soon, Summer Cola and DJJ saying, What's your chapter? What's your region? While other people singing, Tis the season. We feeling warm while the weather gets colder. Cause we get the presents eight times over. 6:13, get to miracle. We like the candles and we celebrate in miracles. So, hot Samaya, they read from NCSY at 6:13. Hello. 
ממולדתי, על אדמתי שדתי, עברי עתידי, זה ביתי.
leaves and the magic is lost Cause you had a bad day, you're taking one down You sing a sad song just to turn it around You say you don't know, you tell me don't lie You work out a smile and you go for a ride You had a bad day, you see what you like And how does it feel for one more time You had a bad day You had a bad day
I will face its arms till I find my hero's welcome waiting in your your arms.
Ir Tzion Temale, Visham Nashir Shir Chadash, Uvir Nana Nale, Arachman Hanikdash, Isbarach Yisrael, Al Kos Yain Male, Kivir Kas Hashem. Shalom, 
למעלות. אשא עיניי אל ההרים, מאין יבוא עזרי. עזרי מאם השם, עושה שמיים וארץ, אל יתן למות רגליך, אל ינום שומריך. הנה לא ינום, ינום, ולא יישן שומר ישראל. השם שומריך, השם צילך, על יד ימיניך. יומם השמש לא יככה, וירח בלילה. השם ישמורך מכל רע, ישמור את נפשך. השם ישמור צאתך ובואך, מעתה ועד עולם. שיר למעלות. I had a dream so big and loud I jumped so high I touched the clouds Yachad 
תקווה לאהבה. איך שהלב נפתח, חובק את העולם, ובקריאה גדולה, נשאיר לאהבה. אם הוא הכל אפשר, איזה לא מאוחר, השחר שבשמיים יחד לב אל לב נפתח ימי חייך, ויתן 
Shabbos Feeling off of the new 613 album titled Brachos. It's volume 7. One of my, it's actually, uh, I think it's what, Justin Timberlake sings that? I'm trying to think of the English song, but uh, love the beat. Okay, I'm like embarrassed. I don't even know the English song. Hold on. I should, this is where Google comes in handy. I got this feeling, something like that. Oh, that might be it. I think that's it. I got this feeling. Look at that. Sometimes you just got to sing it out. So uh, anyway, the 613 version, Shabbos Feeling, that Shabbos Feeling is uh, one of my new go-tos in terms of acapella. As we wrap up the acapella version of Bite Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network, you'll probably get another one uh, next week, and next week is probably the last one. I mean, we'll continue to put in some acapella as well as regular music over the rest of Sphera. But now it's time, as we wrap up the end of the show, for this week's Four to the Door. And as usual, Jamie Turkel has handed me her list. And as somewhat unusual, but becoming more usual, we have the uh, nutritionist of the Nachum Siegel Network, <laughs> Miriam Al Wallach. How morning. are you? I am doing great. Thank you, you for thank you for having me on. Ah, my pleasure. No sort problem. of by default, as there's no one else here that wants to talk to you right now, but that's okay. I feel like if I wanted, if I really desperately plead, got on my knees for nope. Jamie to join. You know, you don't think no, so? because you coddled. I mean, we went we went through this. Yeah, we discussed true. this last week on the live lunch. It's my fault. Yeah, this is yeah exactly. You set yourself up for this. It's my fault. Well, hopefully, once you took her four, right, and ne- and like gave her that out. <laughs> that that's it. it. Game over. I should have never invited her. No, you shouldn't. You should have made it clear that as we are a radio network, if she's participating, she actually you know has to participate. Right. Well, hopefully, Not before the absentia. season ends, we could get her on one yeah. more time. That would be hopefully. nice. Hopefully. Um, yeah, but so this week. Uh, Yom Atzmu, Yom Azikaron. So you would think maybe we we would theme it towards that way. But there was actually something very interesting. It happened Monday night, came across it. Most people came across it Tuesday morning. Was the, and I don't know, I mean, I'm assuming you saw it, the late night show, Jimmy Kimmel's late night show, his monologue to Monday night show. I Did told you, you about you it. told me about it. Yeah, okay. hello. I was, I was nice trying, try that yeah, you're I, trying to, oh, I, I want people you, to know that. Did you hear about it? What are you talking about? Did I hear about it? Because usually. Gotta I, wake up pretty early in the morning, buddy. I and yeah. I mean no offense by what I'm about to say, but usually the younger generation. Yes. I hear They find you. these things before. Right. Right. So, but it wasn't on Instagram. Instagram, I wouldn't find it. Right. It Where was on Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. It was on Twitter. Anyway, so Jimmy Kimmel had this his opening monologue about his his wife that gave birth to a son. Uh, they had a baby about probably almost two weeks ago at this point. And unfortunately, after a few hours where they thought that the child was normally perfectly healthy, uh, they found out he had some sort of heart disease. Correct. A very um, astute nurse picked up on something that uh, I imagine a lesser trained individual would not have. And certainly um, somebody who does not have prenatal training or or you know, deals with young, with uh, newborns all the time would not have noticed. But this, this nurse 
picked up on the fact that the coloring of the baby was not exactly perfect, that there was a slight like purple tinge and um, to the baby's coloring. And that could either mean that there was a problem with the heart or that the lungs were not functioning properly. And um, they, they scanned the child and found that the lungs were functioning just fine. And there was clearly an issue with the heart. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole monologue is incredible. It's about 13, 14 minutes long. He thanks every doctor by name, by everyone. Name. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, you're used to hearing him with jokes and laughter, and, and, and it's got to be tough to be in the audience there also, oh. where he's, he's, he's literally crying on air right. during this monologue. And I swear, I'm watching it here in the studio. It's dusty in here. Like, my, <laughs> I, I, it's, I, it's, it was crazy. It uh, was, so um, I encourage yeah. anyone to go check it out. Um, not to keep the, the sad tone. I mean, we're we're not keeping the sad tone. That was that's he's very so, thankful. He's he, very, he is very thankful. He's very and, thankful. They did a life saving procedure. The child is is already home. Yes. Um. He did show a picture on air. Very cute baby. A very cute baby, but also showed a picture of the baby. You know, with every single tube hooked up and the yeah, the tough. patching. I mean, this child had open heart surgery at a couple of days old, and you just have right. to thank God that, first of all, the technology exists, oh, that absolutely. medicine had advanced to the point where this child can be saved because clearly there are there are probably, I mean, I, I would obviously not know the statistics offhand, but thousands of, of deaths of infant, you know, that the number of, uh, of children, of babies who die who could be saved um is probably astronomical, but thanks to the 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 uh, the training of this nurse and the yeah. and you know the fact that she picked up on it and then things moving in a very rapid um, in very rapid succession to make sure that this child got to the right hospital, saw the doctor that he needed. I mean, it, it, the whole thing incredible. It was really incredible, and you could see his Hakara Satov as a parent. I mean, he's clearly moved. He is not an actor, right? Um, and that was just him on stage being raw and being real and, um, you know, making jokes as, as you go through because he's a comic. Right. And it helps you cope with it. Correct. Um, but it was just, it was heart wrenching to watch. Yeah. And so this whole thing, we, we, you know, you showed it to me and then it, it, it got me thinking, I, cause then I asked you, oh, do you even like Jimmy Kimmel right. as a late night show host? And this is, this is where we <laughs> got into four to the door. Cause then after I asked you, I was like, oh, you know what? There are a lot of like late night show hosts. Let's do four to the Let's door. Let's do four to the Top door. four late night show. So as usual, I asked Jamie Turkel for her list. I have my list. You have your list. So what we're going to do, again, Jamie does not feel like defending herself, so she's just going to sit in her corner, and mm-hmm. I will read Jamie's number four. You'll go, your number four, my four. We'll talk. We'll banter. We'll do our thing. Okay, okay so, one second. W- yeah. Can we just lay one grand rule? Uh, sure. Um, can we just agree that Johnny Carson is in a is in a total realm of his own? Or or not? Let me just Google him one second. Oh, no, that I know. was he funny. Was, he passed away, right? Recently? Oh God! Stop. Or talking. Or a few years ago? Stop talking. Am I right? I'm not just doing. Tell this me, I'm right. You. Just I'm not telling you anything. You can go back to your no, silly I have Google. To Google. Um, we but, are doing late night show hosts of all time, so they don't have to be current. Correct. And according to you, they don't even have to be. Oh, and we should also what? specify which station. Okay. Which network? Exa- which network? Yeah. Which network? I'm gonna forget because, that happened. Yeah. For example, and I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't think he, he's probably not on your list. He's not on either of our lists. Stephen Colbert, right? Okay, he's my number four. So oh stand down. Okay, so stand so, down. Right. Now we okay, but let's just agree that Carson is in his own category. One A. Yes. For you. Okay. <laughs> Asterisk. Okay, okay, so my number four is Colbert. Okay, which which network? Uh, original, not uh, Comedy Central. Uh, yes, right. Because I was going to say, I don't. I think he's terrible on CBS. Correct. You put him on mainstream TV, yeah. and like, who wants to see that? 
Yeah, he needs to be back on Comedy Central. And by the way, I'm sure he feels that way also. Oh, absolutely. Um, Who's on instead of him? Noah Trevor? Trevor Noah? What's his first name? Yeah, I think... I Which think, one? Oh, I don't remember. Right. Yeah, I think it's, it's Trevor Noah. He's it's people with two for... Well, I don't know. I haven't... First of all, let's just be honest. If yeah. we're going to make fun of how old I am, let's be honest that I'm watching everything in the morning. Okay. Okay? And I'm not watching shows in their entirety. Right. Um, which has nothing to do with age, has more to do with ADD. You're watching the bits. I'm watching... Right. I'm watching clips. I'm watching different things. But um, no, Trevor Noah, I've never watched. All right. Um, or Noah Trevor. Either one of them I've never <laughs> seen. Um, but yeah, Colbert back on Comedy Central. Okay. So we agree there. But uh, on Jamie's number four, it is... She put down Jay Leno. Really? So Leno... Okay, I mean, I'm just going to say this outright. Even though he is lovely, and we, Nahum and I really enjoyed the time we spent with him backstage at the United Hatsala concert, um, I... Did, yeah, I, oh, <laughs> Jamie heard me say Leno. Oh, I, that was totally on my list. <laughs> I just wrote oh, that. Leno's okay. number four on my list. So Leno so doesn't make it yeah. to my list at all. Right. Leno um, doesn't make it to my list at all. That's not my kind of humor. He's lovely, but not my kind of humor. So I grew up... You're still growing Prominent, up. You're four. Yeah, know, right? You're four years but old. But in my house, dog. when my dad would watch, yeah. someone else who will come up later on was was always on. But when it was commercial, we always turned to Leno. Mm. And Leno, he was funny. He's nice. So someone else. Who else was on yeah, at the same right? time? But Leno, so Leno came in at number four for me. On number four for Jamie was Jimmy Fallon. Okay, so Jamie and I actually have not, I, I mean, I'm stunned. So far, not the same taste at all. Right. Okay. And and actually, so Jimmy Fallon does not make my list. I, I don't know. I, I think I used to like him. And now I've heard some interesting things off the street, which which really shouldn't impair my judgment. What's off the street mean? Off, like, I'm, I meant off the uh, off air. Like he's, okay. he's like not necessarily a nice guy and he has some issues. Again, it has nothing to do with his okay. talent because he, he is talented, 100%. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't find his monologues particularly funny. He has some good bits, but okay. I don't know. Just not All right. Well, it. keep going. Okay. So number three on Jamie's list is James Corden. Yes. And I agree. I My number, number three? three is also number James three Corden. Also. Look at that. Yeah, it's nice. But I will tell you, he's he's so good. He's funny. He is funny. Have you seen his, um, I don't even know what they're called, but when he acts out different plays in the middle of the street? When he acts out different, what do you mean? Oh, Jamie, do you know like, what I'm like, talking like, about? Like Broadway, like, when he does like the Lion King and he does this, all this other stuff. Uh, oh my God, it is so sick, funny. He did Grease. Um, Lion King was really funny. You have to see it. Go pull it up. Go pull it I, up. I don't even know how to explain it, but they, he and his crew, he and his cast act out different scenes <laughs> from different musicals. Um, basically during red lights um, on an active oh, wow. street right outside of the Warner Brothers set. Okay, I see the Grease one, so yeah. I'm going to pull it up. You can pull it up. There's Grease. There was Lion King. One second. What else was there? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, my gosh. That was, probably that was the first one I saw, and I yeah. thought I was going to... night, you know, all the work has been leading to this oh, so moment fun. right now. And I love his voice. I've oh. been so excited about the company we've put together. <laughs> so, like, I'm watching the video, he's like... Right, yeah, he's giving his pep talk. Choreography. I'll uh-huh. never forget the day I, I told them what production was. Skip along. And it then you go, is, then all of a sudden, like when the light changes, like and they all so have I'm to get off the, the street. And I know. Uh, so here we go, we're going to skip to it now. 
So the light changes. The light changes, and then they start screaming, car, car, car. Acapella. <laughs> Is this the funniest thing you've ever seen? Great. Yeah, I mean, you gotta check out these cars. They're, they're showing the people in the cars, yeah. and they're laughing. They also have no idea what in God's name is going on. Oh, no, on. people are pulling out the cameras. All right, here we go. Wait. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. They run back to the sidewalk. Yeah, they give out great. awards. And then, of course, they take their curtain calls at the end of each time. <laughs> of course. You have and, to. right, and they they have somebody run out onto the street, throw flowers at them. James Corden takes a big... Um, it takes a big bow. It is it is really really good That's TV. Great. His carpool karaoke would is, you say made put him on the map? I would say it put him on the map. Um, he also did. You know, he also worked his way up. Like he was in theater. He was in theater. He was a Broadway that. actor. He did bit parts. I saw him in the um, movie production of Into the Woods, and I was like, "Who is that guy?" And his voice is great. Um. And yeah, carpool karaoke, which everyone now has somehow or another pirated or copied or whatever, but it was his. And he is, there's also, to me, a certain amount of humility in what he does and the way he portrays himself. And it could just be that he's a really good actor, but I'm going to pretend that that's not the case. All right. Anyway, that was, so Jamie and I are on the same page for James Corden. And you, sorry, sorry, my bad. Unanimous number three. Correct. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't think that's happened between the three of us. All right, so now number two on Jamie's list. <laughs> almost read from my list there. Yeah. Number two on Jamie's list, Jay Leno. Okay, so again, not on my list at right. all. Right. Your number two is? Fallon. Your number two is Fallon. Yes. Okay. My number two is Fallon. I don't really care what he's like in, in real life. He is darn right funny. He puts on a good show. He's got a lot of great bits. Yeah. Um, The Raw Egg one to me is super funny. The um karaoke one. Yes. Oh my God! The lip sync battles yeah, of course, are yeah. unbelievable. Great, yeah. um, also, he is—he is—he's um, got no shame, and I totally respect that. That that whole finger situation. Oh, geez, that was—I remember I was watching yeah. like the, and then the monologue right after that. Yeah, like, yeah, that was also a. Uh, yeah, he. Um, I, I don't know. I enjoy him a lot. Yeah, no, he's. I mean, he's he's talented. Don't yes. Wrong. Just eh, doesn't make my number. Who's your number two? So my number two is is Kimmel. Okay, so I, I don't have Kimmel on my list either. I think his monologues are great. I can't say I've sat through a, manal- a monologue. I love some of the shtick he does. I think, uh, what is it, with the pull the plug at big moments of sports games? I don't even know. Where he know dares his, his, some of his, his fans, whatever, to take a video of their living room, whatever, and, and during a big game at a big moment, fourth quarter of the Super Bowl with two minutes left, unplug the TV yeah. and see how everyone reacts. And people are going crazy, like, if they don't realize that someone else actually unplugged it. They're like, shoot, what's going on? And then, right. They, and oh my, it's, they're, they're so, so I've never seen any of these bits. And his shtick with Matt Damon. Okay, so that's funny. He, the whole Kimmel Damon stuff is funny. And also, he lives next door to, um, it's not Ryan Reynolds. He lives next door to, Jamie, who does he live next door to? Um, Kimmel. He lives next door to somebody, and they're constantly pulling pranks on each other. I see. No, I no, 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 no. Somebody lives next door to somebody else. I got to call one of my I kids. Should, I should look <laughs> it up. But um, I think Kimmel also has the best sidekick. Oh, okay, Jeremy. that I hear. And that, I mean, maybe that shouldn't elevate him. But, but I then think... I guess it's a good sidekick. Yeah. I mean, 
He's no. Yeah, Jim. I mean, he helps him. He he helps out Guillermo. He's no than... McMahon, but you don't know who that is anyway. McMahon. Okay. McMahon, anyway. McMahon. I'm trying to stop. <laughs> look up Jimmy Kimmel's neighbor, while I. Uh, I think this, it's but... Ryan. It's. Uh, I'll ask one of my kids. You would think it would be. Is it Kendall Jenner? No. You sure? No. Because I, mean... I just type it in. Kendall Jenner's new neighbor, Jimmy Kimmel. No, 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 no. Okay, let's. John go. Krasinski. Does that make maybe? Sense? Because this is also, yes, also and he's married thing. to Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So evidently they're next door neighbors and they're constantly pulling shtick on each other. Oh, I've seen those bits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that I think that's about it, with funny. The car, yeah. Okay. With the car. Yeah. What did he do? They like. It was he didn't wrap the car. He did something. He did something to his car. Yeah. yeah they're constantly pulling shtick on each other. I would yeah, not want to live next to Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. That would be like prank. I think I'd be okay with it. I mean, <laughs> I would be so on edge for the next prank. Eh, it's all in good fun. Yeah, oh, 100%. All right, number one. Number there is only one, one number on one. Jamie's list is Kimmel. So. Wow. I hear it. Okay. Number one on your list? Is Letterman. And the, Letterman on mine yes, as well. Yes, good. And I'm happy she's not here for this conversation because she's wrong. Yeah. You can't put Kimmel and Letterman in the same top spot. I don't care how good someone else is. When you have mastered the top ten, you are the king of late night. That's the end of the story. Thank you. My dad... Ten, so in Houston, 1035 a night is when the late show starts, which it should start in New York at 1035, too. Like, That's I really cute. I got to stay up 1130 Doesn't here. it make you wonder? I've never understood why it starts at 1035, 1135. Right, why that extra five of, minutes? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe to let the news go I a little I don't know. Long. Bathroom break. Is there news before Of course. Yeah, the 11 so. o'clock news. Right, yeah. So in Houston, it's 10 o'clock news. That's really ten, cute. You guys you go to sleep go to early. Yeah, yeah I get hour. it. I get it. But like... Big sports game on. Uh, we got to watch Letterman. We got so sometimes if it was like a really big. Sp- he he let me continue watching the game, but Letterman, Letterman every night. Every we uh, we knew in the house ten thirty five. We had to watch Letterman. Yeah, his openings were great. Everything, also. everything. Um, his I'm trying con- to think who who was the band leader? Uh, Simon. I, um, I'm I'm not even going to pretend to help shoot. you here. A Jewish. Yes. Get off Yom Kippur. Yes. You you can Google it. Little boy, you can you can Google it. Yeah, there was no one better than Letterman when he came up. Also, what's super funny about Letterman right now is you've seen these pictures of him retired, like with the long beard and oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, so he looks exactly like my Uncle Barry to the point, really? yet yeah, not even normal. Like I've put, I've done like split screen pictures and sent it to my cousins, going, <laughs> "What is uh, your dad doing bike riding in the Bahamas?" It is not normal. If you know my uncle Barry Eisenberg. Um, or you've ever davened at Pinsker in Yerushalayim. Look up a picture of David Letterman. Just look up a picture of David Letterman, and when you walk into Pinsker, you'll be like, why is David Letterman? Like the most recent David Letterman picture? Like, he recently came, because he's been pretty much... Out, know, of, out of sight. Yeah, out of yeah. sight for the last, and so, since he's retired. Yeah. Um, except he came out, who just passed away, that he... Rickles, was it? Don Rickles just yeah. passed away, yes. So he came out, and I think Speak he, with a little, you know, respect there, Mr. buddy. Mr. Rickles. Yes. To me. Exactly to all of us. Um, to all of us. To Letterman, yeah. And uh, yeah, so so which letter, which version of Letterman? Just, just the yeah, the out of sight. Didn't have a beard when he was on air for the most part. No, 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 he didn't. But when he first of all, the bits about him and his mother. I mean, you could just mm-hmm. pass out of laughter. Um, but yeah, no, the the ones now, like with him growing, a, right. having grown a beard and whatever, like dead ringer for my uncle Barry. Yeah. Not Paul even Schaefer, normal, by the way. Paul, yeah, I, I, I know. I didn't know if you knew that. I know I because I in my head you. you're going, wow, he thinks it's Paul Simon. <laughs> right, and I'm like, no, he's going to find this out on his own. By the way, Don Rickles, if we're doing 30 seconds about yeah. unbelievable comedians who have passed, um, if you watch some of the clips of him, like at the Friars Club, there, a lot of stuff came out when he died, just like oh, like really good, oh, 
really good humor before the entire world became totally politically correct. <laughs> um, where you, yeah, you could not make some of the jokes or probably any of the jokes that Don Rickles and his whole group used to make. He was the head of the Friars Club for a while, the president of the Friars Club for a while. Yeah, the Friars Club. Yeah. Um, but there's one, I mean, between him, Sammy Davis Jr., Telly Savalas, all of these, like, you watch these other comics dying of laughter because <laughs> Rickles was so, I mean, I'm going to make a reference, but you're not going to get it. He was like a comedic Archie Bunker. Sure. Stop it. Totally, <laughs> totally hysterical. Um, but so off color and inappropriate, he would never be like today. He'd be he'd be tarred and feathered. Sounds like I dig it. I oh, go you could watch. You just gotta go watch it, but you can't put it on the air. Okay, <laughs> you, you really it? you can't. The I FCC mean, will, uh... I mean, Nahum will have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I will get fired. You will get fired. Jamie will get promoted to general manager, and oh. she'll have to start covering bite size. There's um, which is a problem because yeah, she won't go on the air, problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's just he is so he is so funny. He was so funny. Yeah. I'll have to take your word for it. No, until you don't I, have to just, I, yeah, 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 yeah. do some research. Do I'll some just, research. I'll do some homework. Yes, okay. thank you. I'll come back tomorrow with some some stuff for you. But uh, Miriam, thank you for joining. No, thank you. Thank Jamie. you for having me. And again, I, I appreciate the fact that you have me on because you have no one else. But I am <laughs> um You're my last option. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay with it. You're gonna be okay. Well, I figure. I mean, this season we've we've got several more episodes to go, so I'm sure you'll be on one more time before the season ends. Thanks. Yeah. Have my people call your people. Exactly. It was interesting because I I I came into this week thinking, all right, this week's Four of the Door is going to be Israel themed because Yomatsmu, Yomazikaron. Alas, Jimmy Kimmel and his monologue took me in my tears, and then I had to. Uh, Shift gears. Oh, look at that. I'm a poet. Didn't even know it. And uh, we went with top four late night show hosts for this week's For the Door. So I thank you all for tuning in to Bite Size in the last two hours here with me on the Nachum Siegel Network. A reminder, you can check us out all over Facebook on Nachum Siegel Network. Instagram, Nachum Siegel Network. And on Twitter, at Nachum Siegel Net. We thank Tova Knecht for joining us in our interview with Eitan Morgenstern. And, uh, I mean, with that... There's only one more thing to do, and that's to uh, root on the Houston Rockets. So can you do that for me, team? 1-0 going into San Antonio tonight. Hopefully take a nice 2-0 lead where they could breathe a little. Well, they shouldn't, but they could breathe a little little easier with a 2-0 lead. So uh, let's go H-Town. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. My name is Yoni Pollock, wishing you all a good day and reminding you that the bite size is the right size.